Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us for a Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. Before we dive into this episode, I want to encourage you to check out a wordinseasonpodcast.org. While you're there, be sure to download our 30-day devotional. That's our free gift to you. You'll find the 30-day Devo and other amazing resources by visiting a wordinseasonpodcast.org. Now let's welcome Vice President of Somebody Cares, Jody Caracosta. She's about to walk us through the how-tos when it comes to inspecting your spiritual foundations. Lean in and listen, and be sure to share with a friend today. Foundations are important. A faulty one can make a whole building unstable. And if our spiritual foundation is faulty, our lives can be unstable too. One Sunday on the way to church, our son Andrew, who was 15 at the time, declared, I'm going to make a treehouse today. We thought it was a passing whim, as teenagers are prone to have, so we tried to delay him to see if he was really committed to the idea. But he was inspired, so that afternoon he bounded into the backyard looking for a prime location. He headed to the trees in the back of the yard, and we watched him go to work. About dusk, he came inside proudly telling us about the foundation he had built. When my husband went to look at it, he discovered it was very crooked. On one side, the foundation was held up by a post that stood on bare dirt. It had already started sinking, and the foundation was no longer level or firm to stand on. So the next day, he helped Andrew rebuild the foundation so it would be safe. Andrew was not too happy because he wanted to forge ahead and build the walls. It took a while, but they got the foundation level with a solid platform under the post to keep it from sinking again. Then Andrew put the walls and the roof up. Years later, when he went off to college, that foundation was still level. Jesus taught a parable on the value of having a good foundation. I will show you what everyone is like when it comes to me and hears my words and obey. That person is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the floods came, the water tried to wash the house away, but it could not shake it because the house was built well. But the one who hears my words and does not obey is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the floods came, the house quickly fell and was completely destroyed. That's found in in Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 49. So foundations are really important, but they're not so easy to build. In the parable, Jesus said the man dug down deep. Foundation work requires a lot of digging in the dirt and the mud. You need to dig deep to establish solid footings. It's hard work, especially considering the times. In the first century, building and digging were done pretty much by hand. I don't know a whole lot about construction, but I've read a little about what it takes to create a solid foundation. And it is important to dig down just the right amount to put the drainage in properly. Otherwise, erosion can eat away at the foundation, making it unstable. It takes precision to level the dirt and the ground so the foundation itself will be level. If it isn't level, problems will abound as you start to build. It's hard, dirty work. There are lots of things to consider when you're looking at building a foundation. There's environmental things to consider. How high is the water table? What are the drainage patterns? What type of soil is present? And the list goes on. You don't want to pick a location prone to be muddy or the foundation will not be able to hold with the considerable weight of the house. When a building is started, Initially, we don't see anything going up. All the work we see is going down. 
Laying the foundation correctly can be very time-consuming. When we look at our spiritual foundations, we need to be just as thorough. If we build on a faulty spiritual foundation, it can cause major problems in the future. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 says, For no one can lay any other foundation than the one already laid, which is this Christ. Jesus Christ is our foundation. And 1 Peter 2, verse 6 says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Again, talking about Jesus. The one we trust in is Jesus. Those who put their faith in the foundation or cornerstone of Jesus will never be put to shame. What does it really take to fully put our trust and faith in Jesus? It takes relationship. Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, He died for us so that whether awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. God is not waiting until we enter the portals of heaven to have a relationship with us. Jesus died so we can begin a marriage-level relationship with Him now, on earth, while we're alive. The deeper our relationship with Christ, the stronger your foundation. God says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. That verse is in Proverbs eight seventeen. When we seek him, he captivates us with his love, majesty, goodness, beauty, and so much more. The more we know him, the more we're going to trust him and be willing to obey. The parable of the house on the rock shows the benefit of making Jesus our foundation. It also reveals that lip service is just not enough. We can know all about Jesus, recite scripture, say all the right things, but only those who believe enough to obey the words of the Lord have a solid foundation. After all, James 2 verse 17 tells us that faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James even gives an example of dead faith in verses 15 and 16. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In this instance, James is giving life to the new commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples in John 13, verses 34 and 35. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If we know of brothers and sisters in Christ that have urgent needs and we have the ability to help but do nothing, we are not obeying Jesus' command to love one another as he has loved us. In that instance, we would have a faulty foundation. Of course, to obey God's word, we must know what he is saying. Reading the Bible is critical for building a firm foundation. The Apostle Paul instructs Timothy, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. If you read the Bible, you undoubtedly have favorite parts that you go to again and again. The Psalms are encouraging. Proverbs give great advice. The Gospels reveal Jesus and his kingdom. The historical books are inspiring and offer valuable warnings. The epistles give insight into practical Christian living. I generally gravitate to those portions of Scripture. But Paul says we need all Scripture to have a solid footing, so I can't ignore the other parts, and neither can you. My husband and I are currently reading the book of Job. It's not one I visit often, But there's a lot to be learned from Job. For one, it reveals the power and majesty of God in a way no other book does. Just a few snippets of God's conversation with Job prove my point. What is the way 
to the abode of light, and where does darkness reside? Have you entered the storehouses of snow or seen the storehouses of the hail, which I reserve for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? Do you have an arm like God, like God's? Can your voice thunder like his? Then adorn yourself with glory and splendor and clothe yourself in honor and majesty. Those are just a few little snippets from Job chapters 38 through 41, which is where God is talking to Job. Reading those chapters is awe-inspiring and reminds me of how great, vast, and powerful God is. It undergirds my confidence that He sees, knows, and will intervene in all that concerns me because I trust in Him. It reinforces the foundation of my faith. While knowing God's Word is important, believing His Word is what brings transformation. Paul tells the Galatians, In Galatians 5, verse 9, don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? The lie the Galatians believed was that they still had to follow the Old Testament law in order to be saved. This caused them to live in bondage and be judgmental of one another instead of obeying the law of love that Jesus taught. Not that long ago, playing cards, going to movies, and dancing were considered evidence of sinful living by some groups of Christians. Judgmentalism and religiosity were widespread, which bred rebellion and gave many people a negative view of our loving, forgiving Father. The popular movie Footloose, among others, scoffs at this legalism and sort of paints believers as intolerant and uneducated. It was a sad commentary on how a little lie that permeates our belief system can wreck our witness for Christ. In an overreaction to legalism in recent years, there has been very little teaching on righteousness and holiness. Our freedoms in Christ have been overemphasized. A distorted view has taken root that everything is permissible and profitable. Those who buy into this lie, even Christian leaders, cast off restraint and use their freedom as license for drunkenness, sexual immorality, financial corruption, and more. But the Apostle Paul counseled, You are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. That's found in Galatians 5, verse 1. Likewise, the Apostle Paul says, As God's loving servants, you should live in complete freedom, but never use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. That's found in 1 Peter 2, verse 16. This regard for these admonitions is evidence of a faulty foundation and an implosion usually follows. There are other equally damaging lies circulating in Christianity. For instance, the doctrine of universal salvation purports that because God is love, He will not allow anyone to perish. This belief removes any need for evangelism, holiness, or obedience to God's Word. A little lie changes everything and makes for a faulty foundation. From Scripture, we know that God is indeed love and does not want anyone to perish. He sent Jesus to make a way of salvation for us. Jesus lived a sinless life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave in payment for the sins of the world. He then sent the Holy Spirit to transform believers into the image of Christ so we can live rightly. But because of His love, God lets us choose to accept or reject this offer of salvation and transformation. This is the firm foundation upon which we stand. Those who reject the offer of salvation, unfortunately, will not live with Him eternally. That is why evangelism is so important. They need to know a loving God. Now we come back to the need to do God's work. 
James teaches, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all they do. That's James 1, verses 22 through 25. Hopefully you get the picture. A firm foundation requires knowing, believing, and doing God's word. Foundations are not just for individuals. They are for families, churches, businesses, nations, and every other corporate entity that exists. Let's see how that works in the context of family. My parents have been married for over 60 years. They have a firm foundation now, but it did not start that way. Wanting life their own way, they married very young and did not know the Lord. Three kids and 10 years later, they were on the verge of divorce. In their misery, they heard the gospel and both embraced the good news of salvation. In fact, my whole family received Christ. My parents laid a new foundation for our family, declaring Joshua 24, 15b, As for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. Building a family on this new foundation worked. They dug deep to lay a firm foundation with daily family, Bible study, prayer, and sharing stories of how God was working in our family. They wanted to know God and make Him known to us as well. They modeled humility, godliness, obedience to the Word, even when it hurt. In a day too many marriages fail, their marriage has lasted and is a shining example of the goodness of the Lord. Each of their children are serving the Lord in various ways as well. It has only been possible because their foundation is on Jesus Christ. Even the best foundations need to be inspected periodically to make sure nothing has been damaged. In the natural, shifts in the earth, changing water levels, and other environmental issues can weaken even a good foundation causing cracks. Likewise, the pressure or blessings of life, disappointments, responsibilities, and relationships can all impact our spiritual foundation, strengthening or weakening it. If caught early, cracks in our spiritual foundation are not difficult to fix. But let alone, cracks grow and result in destruction. The book of Ezra recounts the return of Israelite exiles from their homeland to rebuild the temple. One of the first things they did was relay the foundation. Look at Ezra 3, verse 10. Now, when King Solomon built the first temple, he laid a solid foundation. That foundation held the weight of a huge edifice with gold-plated furnishings, thousands upon thousands of worshipers, and even the glory of God. Even though the temple had been destroyed when Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians, the foundation was still there. That foundation had experienced God's glory and been used for wonderful purposes. But years later, when the people went back to check on the foundation, they saw that it needed to be relayed. They realized that even though it was good enough for the first temple, time and the elements had weakened it. It needed repairs before it could be used again. We need to learn this lesson in our own lives and our own ministries. In some ways, the coronavirus shutdowns were like an exile. A lot of the business, ministry, programs, projects, systems, and even relationships we had before COVID have shifted, changed, maybe even been destroyed. What worked well before will not necessarily work now. The spiritual and cultural environments have shifted. Each of us individually, 
as well as corporately in our families, businesses, ministries, and churches, need to relook at our foundation. We need to repair what has been damaged spiritually, relationally, and even physically. It's not good enough to say that at one time this was a great place or at one time this was a good program. We need to go back to the foundation to make sure we are building on that which is solid and true. When there's a security breach in a software application, an upgrade is sent out to repair the foundation of the application and close the access point. We need to do the same in our lives. We know, of course, that the foundation of Jesus Christ will never crack or erode. But when we look at our lives and examine our foundations, we must consider whether our faith remains fully grounded on Christ as our foundation. Has our relationship with Him wavered? So ask yourself, when pressures and challenges come your way, on what do you rely? How do you react? That really gets to the heart of it. If you had a stressful day at work and something challenging is happening in your personal life, do you zone out with a video game or TV program? Do you turn to the Lord and spend time in His presence? What is your foundation? Sometimes, of course, we need to shut down and relax. But if we use a coping mechanism to get through life, instead of going to Christ, we have a faulty foundation. The Apostle Peter wrote, Stand firm against the devil and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In His kindness, God called you to His eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after you, after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and He will place you on a firm foundation. That's 1 Peter 5, verses 9 and 10. God wants us to lean on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We each need to check our foundation. When pressure comes, it reveals the truth. How do we react in troubled times? Where does our focus go? If you go to Jesus, your foundation is firm. If not, you need some repair work. If a foundation has gone unchecked for long in our personal lives, our family, our business, or ministry, hard decisions may be required. But we must be bold enough and courageous enough to make them. It's not fun, convenient, or easy to hold the line and say, this is not right. But that's exactly what is needed sometimes. If you have discovered that your foundation is a little shaky, it's time to make adjustments. Repent for leaning on anything other than Christ. Get back into the Word of God. Pray and obey what God is saying to you. If you seek Him, you will soon sense His presence, which brings the peace and security that only Christ can give. As you build your life, family, business, ministry, program, church, etc., they too will be very strong. Let's pray. Father, thank you that our foundation is on Christ, the solid rock, the unshakable one. Thank you that we can lean on Jesus always. Because our foundation is on the rock, when the storms come, we won't be shaken. Father, reveal to us any cracks in the foundation of our lives and faith. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to work in us to repair any faulty foundations you find. Give us a renewed hunger for your word and the wisdom to obey it. And Father, I bless everyone listening to this podcast and ask you to give each of us wisdom and that you bring glory to your Son, Jesus, through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed with Jody, would you let us know? 
email prayer at somebodycares.org. You can also call or text the 24-hour Somebody Cares America prayer line, 855-459-CARE. Again, that's 855-459-CARE. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.